Fabulous. Thank you so much for your warm welcome. Can we also give a warm welcome to Kingsgate, Leicester and Cambridge and those online? Bless you. It's, uh, yeah, so appreciate your prayers going, uh, going out to Rwanda shortly. Last year was an amazing move of God out there. And uh, we actually had a, a remarkable time over four days. 100 blind people, people with very different conditions of blindness, received their sight in four days. It was the most remarkable outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Many, many thousands came to the Lord. And so we just rejoice in that. And uh, we just believe in God for much more as we go back again, leaving tomorrow. So thank you for your prayers. Well, what an amazing series this has been, Empowered. And today I want to talk to you about Empowered for Mission. And so we're going to look together at a passage here, going back to Luke chapter 4. And I want to read directly to us verses 14 to 21. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favour. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. It's a remarkable thing, really, when Jesus uses this term fulfilled, he actually used the, the Greek aorist tense, which is a tense that's the, the best way you could express it in English means that something has been done, it's complete, and it has ongoing consequences. So actually the tense that, was, that Jesus used, or that the writers of the New Testament used when Jesus was on the cross and said, it is finished. The best way we could say that in, in English terms today is, it is finished and evermore shall be. You know, nothing can ever change what Jesus accomplished for us at the cross. Forgiveness is here for us today because of what he did there. Healing is here for us today because of what he did there. And what we see here also is that Jesus is announcing the beginning of a new era on the planet in which the, the Holy Spirit would be poured out first through Jesus' ministry, then through the ministry of the apostles, those he sent out, the 12 and the 70. And then the Spirit of God poured out on the whole church and all over the world. It's a new era and we're living in that era, a remarkable time to be alive. It's, a, it's incredible today, but, but you know what? If they tell us today that if one believer just led three people to the Lord. When I first started in the ministry a number of years ago, it was one in every four. But today they say if every believer led, one, one, led three people to Christ, is that the whole world would come to Christ in about 48 hours. That's a remarkable statement. But we are living today in days where so many are turning to the Lord. My prayer is today, if you haven't yet, that you'll find the grace and the goodness of God as you turn to Jesus yourself. Amen. 
But you know, when Peter the Apostle in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, looks back at the ministry of Jesus, he describes in this way, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus exemplified a ministry of power. Everywhere that he went, he was ministering the truth of the Word of God in power. He is, of course, the truth. He was ministering healing. He was setting captives free. He was healing broken hearts. And all of this was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, of course, is available to us today. But I want to stress this morning that it is power with purpose. It's not just power that we can have a wonderful meeting and have kind of goosebumps and our goosebumps, however wonderful that is, but it's actually power for purpose. And so as we read these, these scriptures together, what we see is that the Spirit, as we've heard in these different sessions together where we've heard great preaching on being empowered by the Holy Spirit, we see that in Jesus' baptism, the Spirit came on Jesus. We find that then in Luke 4, 1, the Spirit filled Jesus. Not in His divinity, of course. He didn't need to be filled in His divinity, but in His humanity. And so He's filled with the power of the Spirit. He goes through the temptations in the wilderness, as Simon was talking about uh, last week, and overcomes by the Word of God. And then He returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. It's really interesting just to stress this, particularly for this morning as we're gonna be looking to the Lord to do miracles amongst us. And as we go on from this place, trusting Him to do miracles through our lives in the day to day. I do wanna stress that in the Greek New Testament, there's a variety of words for power, but this one that is used here is very particular. It's the word dunamis. And dunamis is described as being a word that is, is descriptive of the power to do miracles the power to do miracles. It's even, uh, it's even used as meaning the power to be a martyr for Christ if necessary. So it really is a power that takes us beyond ourselves, if I can put it that way. That we are enabled by the Spirit of God to do things that we would never do in our own personality, our own humanity. We would never feel the courage to face up to. But the Holy Spirit, when He comes and fills us, He empowers us to live beyond ourselves and to live instead like Christ, to authentic authentically represent Him to the world. And so we see the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, filled Him, led Him, and empowered Him for divine purpose. And when we are baptised in the Spirit, of course, He does the same to us, so that we can be filled with the power of the Spirit to do the things Jesus did. We can be led by the Spirit in our Christian lives. And that is the desire of the Lord. When we read the verses in Luke 4, 18 to 19, it makes it so clear that Jesus knew who He was, why He had come, and what He was about. Many people describe these verses as the Messiah's mandate, really taken from Isaiah 61, when Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Jesus and what He would do with piercing accuracy 600 years before Jesus came into the world. And so it's power with purpose to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, to heal broken hearts, to set captives free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. 
You know, I want to just say to us today that the Spirit of God comes on us with power to do these very things. Jesus is the head of the church, but we are, of course, the body. We are the body of Christ. And so the power of the Spirit flows from the head down through the body. And He's called us to carry on His mission. So whenever we read the accounts in Scripture, in Matthew, or what we see in Matthew 10 and in Luke 9, where Jesus sends out the 12, the original 12, and He sends them out. Matthew puts it this way in verse 7 and 8 of Matthew 10. You know, Jesus said to them, Go and proclaim the kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers and raise the dead. Freely you receive, freely give. What's remarkable is one thing to hear him say that to the apostles in their day. But what's remarkable is when you get to the end of Matthew's gospel, Matthew records that Jesus after the resurrection declares to them what we call today the Great Commission. And Matthew's version of it states this. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given unto me. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, the remarkable thing about it, of course, is the commands of Jesus are moral, they are relational, they are devotional, but they're also missional. And that means that the original commands that were given to the 12 were to come down to every follower of Christ. That's remarkable, isn't it? Because there are statements where he he doesn't even say pray for the sick. He says heal the sick. What a difference of expectation. He's actually saying we've been authorised by Jesus, every follower of Christ, authorised by Him to do the works of Christ in the world. And you know, that doesn't mean necessarily we have to feel powerful to do those things. It's simply taking Jesus at His word. He does the big thing, we do the little thing. I can remember years ago, some people asking a particularly famous uh, gospel preacher who sees lots of miracles, and they were asking him for some keys for healing the sick. Uh, And really, they, they were looking for some very deep kind of truths. I never forget, he looked at them and smiled and said, left hand, right hand, name of Jesus. (laughs) And I thought, you know, there's so much truth to that. Because really Mark 16, in Mark's version of the Great Commission, he says that these signs will follow those who believe. How many of us believe today? That's great. And look, one of the signs he says is this, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. A recovery can be instant, it can be progressive, but there's a promise there. And as we act on it, all we got to do is always ask for permission before you lay hands on sick people. Uh, I've always found that that's helpful. Um, you know, but ask for permission before you lay hands on them. But if they're agreeable to it, lay hands, obviously in an appropriate place, on the shoulder, the arm, whatever, and pray your best prayer. Just pray for the Lord, pray from your heart. We find the Lord does amazing things. So look, I want to share with you uh, a few things. Well, our, our time is short, so I'm just going to share a couple of stories with you, but I trust it will encourage you. So look, first of all, uh, as we share about this, I want to say this about the Spirit of the Lord came on Jesus and comes on us to preach the gospel or communicate the good news about Jesus to the poor. A couple of observations about that. First of all, the gospel is really only good news when you recognise you need it. And so it's good news to the poor. Sometimes people are very materially poor and the gospel comes in and changes their lives. It's absolutely true. And Jesus lifts every aspect of our lives when he comes in. 
However, for us, when we talk about going to share the gospel with other people, you know, it takes boldness, doesn't it? Courage to share Christ with other people. Well, boldness is, is not something that's necessarily a human characteristic, but it's something that's given by the Holy Spirit filling us. And so, you know, literally translated, the word means cheerful courage. That's courage with a smile. And the Lord will fill you with the courage and the boldness to share Christ with others. I've spent my life now 36 years full-time around about 56 nations preaching the gospel. I've been in front of guns and, and, and all kinds of stuff, you know, sometimes preaching to mass crowds of tens of thousands of people, sometimes in schools or universities and prisons. I'm always glad when they let me out again. And, uh, and sometimes just some ones and twos and all kinds of settings. And I've needed a lot of courage. I'm not a naturally courageous guy, but the Spirit has helped me. And so I always ask you, I pray several prayers. Holy Spirit, give me boldness. Lord, impart your faith into my heart to do this. And Lord, help me to love the people that you're calling me to reach today. That helps me because faith works through love. But preaching the gospel to the poor, the Holy Spirit helps us. Recovery of sight to the blind. Let me just share this quick story of healing of a blind person. This one's quite, quite recent. Back in September, I was ministering in South Africa and uh, to a church similar uh, sort of size to this in a type of church as Kingsgate. And uh, at the end of a, of a particular meeting, many people had given their lives to the Lord. There were many healings. But right at the end, the, the leadership said, John, would you come and pray for this, this guy over here? Well, when I looked at him, he was a particularly imposing character, a big man. And, uh, and he had a kind of intimidating persona. Anyway, I went up to him and I just said, Sir, uh, how can we pray for you? And uh, he said, I'm blind. I'm totally blind. Well, I didn't know till afterwards why he was blind. I'll, I'll share that in a moment. But anyway, I just said to him, well, look, Jesus loves you and he wants to heal you. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put my hand on your eyes. I'm gonna pray for the restoration of your sight. Then I'll put them round the side of your head and I want you to focus. And as soon as you can see better, I want you to tell me, okay? He said, all right. So I put my hand on his eyes and I prayed for them to be healed in Jesus' name. I, then I put my hand around the side of his head and I continued to pray so Suddenly, tears start to pour down his cheeks. And he says, I can see, I can see. There's a sense of wonder about him as he shares this story. Well, anyway, he then grabs me. I gotta be honest, his arms were bigger than my thighs. So as he grabs me, and he was like this, you know, around my ribs, I had to say to him, sir, please let go of me. You're gonna break my ribs, you know, just... But anyway, he, eventually he does. But while he was holding me, you know, sometimes when you're close to people, you get a sense in your spirit, you know, as to where they're at with God. And, and so I just had this, this knowing that he wasn't saved. So I just said to him, I said, so can I ask you, are you sure your sins are forgiven? Do you really know you're going to heaven? Have you been born again? He looked at me, he said, I, I really, I, John, I, I'm not sure. I said, and I really need to know this. I said, look, come on, you know the gospel, you heard it tonight. If you believe Jesus is God's son and died for your sins and rose again and confess he's Lord, he'll save you for eternity. Look, why don't we do it right now? Is there any good reason why you couldn't give your life to Jesus right now? He said, well, well no, there isn't. I said, come on then, pray with me. Anyway, he gives his life to Christ and there's tears and there's joy and it's wonderful. His family gather around him. Anyway, I get out, get in the car, 
car with the pastor. We're on our way home. But when we get in the car, the pastor drops his head against the wheel. I said to him, I said, uh, Andrew, what's the, what's the issue? And he just said to me, you've got no idea who that guy is, John. I said, who is he then? He said, he said he's a hitman. And he's, he said, he's really feared here in Cape Town. He's taken out many lives. And actually he was employed by a Saudi prince. And that's the only reason he's back here is because he was out doing a job for the Saudi prince and it was a trap and they blew up a bomb in front of him and it blew his eyesight out. And that's the reason why he's back here because he was no longer good for the job. And so, but somebody heard on the radio the announcements about these meetings. And so he came trusting that maybe, maybe God might have mercy on him and heal him. And here he is now, saved, healed. How awesome. You know, there's a, there's, there's a verse in Scripture that talks about this. It says in Romans, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. I think it's a beautiful expression of the heart of God. That sometimes, you know, we may have done all manner of things. And some of the people we pray for have done things that would perhaps make a sailor blush, you know, kind of maybe they're really just ashamed of. And is it possible that God could have forgiveness for me, that I could start life again? And of course, that's exactly what Jesus offers us. No one gets healed because they deserve it. It's all the kindness and the mercy of God. Praise the Lord. Well, there is recovery of sight for the blind. He does heal broken hearts and sets captives free. And he brings favour into people's lives. I do want to say this just briefly about this whole thing. I find it interesting of the, the way that these things flow together. Healing of broken hearts and setting captives free. You know, um, over the years, I've had the joy of ministering to quite a lot of addicts. And you know, whenever I pray for addicts uh, of all manner of varieties of addictions, I'm always, um, I always know, I don't need a word of knowledge to know that at some point in the conversation, this kind of statement is gonna come up. Dad left us when I was very young. Dad abused me. Dad hurt mum. One of those things is gonna come up sooner or later. You know, 98% of all of the guys are about the ladies, but the guys in our maximum security prisons in England, 98% come from a broken home. Of course, it doesn't, it doesn't follow. If you come from that kind of home, you end up in prison, of course. But the fact is, nonetheless, there's so much brokenness that then that fracture on the inside leads people trying to find a form of comfort, wanting to, wanting to find a family. So they join the gangs and the whole thing is a spiral into brokenness. And yet again and again and again over the years, we've seen Jesus set people free. I, I don't have time to go into lots of testimonies about that, but what I want to say is this. If you've been broken by different things that have happened in your family, in life, or experienced addictions in one way or another, listen, the only true place of comfort is knowing the heart and the love of God who can heal you and set your heart free today. And you can find a place in His family. There is a wonderful family to be part of. The family of God is church the people of God. Let Jesus set you free today in your heart, in your emotions, in your habits, in every way. He wants to heal you and bring liberty to your life today. Amen. Look, I, I, glory to God. It's true. I want to just share just a, a couple more stories as we start to bring this into land. But you know, the favour of God, the grace of God is so rich. And this is more just a kind of story that wasn't in a meeting. It's just going about life. And about this time last year, I was on my way to do some ministry in Brussels. 
And uh, as I was out there, I had a day off in the middle of it. And the pastor said to me, John, why don't we go to Bruges? Now, I'd always wanted to go to Bruges. It's a very beautiful place. And uh, so he said, why don't we go to Bruges? He said, it's a lovely place. And he said, you got the day free. I said, cool, all right, let's, let's do it. So anyway, we go off to Bruges. And um, when we, as we come into Bruges, I don't know if you've been there, but as you come up to Bruges, you find that right just outside, you know, it's surrounded by this beautiful kind of moat. And as you come close to the moat, on the left-hand side, there is a stunning medieval old cafe. It's a very romantic place, very, very nice. Uh, anyway, they serve the most amazing cakes and coffee. I can bear witness to that. So anyway, here we are. So we came in, we sat down, and there were four of us. As we sit down, we have the cakes and the coffee. And while we're having the cakes and the coffee and we're chatting together, my attention suddenly starts to be drawn to the lady who, is ser- who has served us. And now we're standing behind the, behind the till. And um, anyway, I, at first I just ignored it. I just noticed her and then I, I just carried on, you know, eating. And then... Um, I found myself suddenly drawn to look at her again. Now, I find a lot of times when the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something, He he suddenly draws you, and, and there's often a connection between what you see with your eyes and what goes on in your heart. And so I, I found myself looking at her again. And I looked away again. I thought, I don't want her to think this is something weird, you know. So I, so I, I looked away again. And then, um, and then because I started to sense something was happening, in my heart, I turned to the Lord and say, uh, Lord, what's going on here? Just show me. And like a flash, you know, this is how the word of knowledge operates, a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, I suddenly see three things, one after the other. The first thing I see is, is like an x-ray of her, her right shoulder, go down her arm and up into her neck. And uh, I, I, so I see that like a flash. Then I see a car accident like a flash. And then I see the figure three months. Like that, go boom, boom, boom. So I said, so okay. Anyway, we go to pay our bill. And um, as we go up to, you know, the pastor's paying the bill, bless him. And so he's doing that. And when he finishes, I just look at her for a moment. I say, can I ask a question? She says, sure. And then of course she, she recognizes that I'm English. She says, oh, you're an Englishman. I said, yes, I'm an Englishman. So she said, uh, I said, uh, look, I'm, I'm a pastor. I never say the word evangelist. I don't know what it means. So I, so I just said, look, I, I'm a Christian pastor over here just doing some meetings. She said, oh, right, that's very interesting. I said, yeah. I said, look, can I just ask you a question? I know this may seem a little unusual, but um, you know, you may have noticed I was looking in your direction. She said, yes. I, I said, can I ask, about three months ago, did you by any chance have a car accident? It's given you problems with your shoulder and your neck, your back and all of that. And she suddenly looks at me and she says, oh, she said, what is that? She said, the, the hairs on my arm are standing up. I said, don't worry about it. I said, that's, uh, that, that's Jesus. And uh, she, so she says, uh, oh, oh, right. <laughs> I said, yeah. I, I said, look, the thing is, he made us an amazing promise at the end of one of his gospels. And he just said that if, as Christians, you know, we, we lay hands on people, they'll get better. So look, um, would you like me to pray for you? I, I know Jesus can heal you. So uh, she said, would you? I said, be, de- be delighted. So I said, okay, look. I said, come a bit closer. She said, come a bit closer. I put my hand on now. I find with the Holy Spirit, this is the thing. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that there are diversities of gifts. It's not the best translation because it actually means allotments. And that means that the gifts work together. One fires off another one. 
And so what happened was this, is that when you get a word of knowledge, it releases faith, it then releases gifts of healings. So because of that, as we're acting in faith now on what God has spoken, I rest my hand on her and I just start to pray for her. I bless her in Jesus' name, pray she would know the love of God. And I start to speak to the condition and command it to be healed in Jesus' name. I'm not raising my voice, I'm doing it in a normal tone, but I'm taking authority in Jesus' name. Suddenly my hands start getting very hot. Now, some of you may feel that when we come into prayer in a moment, as the Lord just starts to touch and heal her. She says, oh, she says, my, my neck and my arm, my shoulders are all going hot. What's that? I said, don't worry. That's the Holy Spirit. She said, the, the who? I said, don't worry about it. I'll tell you about him in a minute. And, and uh, anyway, she, and then so she looks at me, she says, I'm healed. I'm healed. I said, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. I said, look. I said, look, this Jesus who's just healed you, He wants to give you an even greater miracle right now. You know, Jesus died for your sins and rose again. And the Bible says, if you believe that and acknowledge Him as Lord, He'll forgive all your sins and make you His daughter, a child of God. How about it? Why don't you pray with me right now? She said, I'd like this. Come on. I took her hand. She gives her life to Christ. Anyway, then she says this to me. She says, um, Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. She's going, this is amazing. She says, look, um, can you stay around for a bit more? She said, just about half an hour. She says, look, um, she said, my, my daughter is married to a man. He's, she said, he's, um, he's had a terrible accident and he can't move his left arm. It's all shriveled in like this. And she said, uh, you know, they only live about 10, 15 minutes away. If I called them, would you pray for him? Maybe Jesus would heal him too. I said, well, that sounds good, but why not? And uh, they said, well, there is a problem. She said, he's a Muslim. I said, oh, don't worry, Jesus heals Muslims too. So uh, anyway, so she says, uh, but do you have time? I said, I have time as long as there's another coffee and cake involved. <laughs> so anyway, so she said, that's fine. So off she went and, you know, she phoned up. We enjoyed another coffee and cake. And then 15 minutes later, he arrives. So I just, he arrives together with his wife, and they're two children. Anyway, I said to the gentleman, I said, come on, come with me for a minute. Let's, let's draw a bit of cake together. Let's sit down. Tell me about your problem. It was so obvious. It's like this. So he, he told me what had happened. And I said, right, that's, that's awful. I said, do you know something? I said, uh, your mother-in-law over there has just got healed by Jesus. Do you think Jesus could heal you? He looked at me, he says, I, I don't believe in this. I'm a Muslim. I said, I know, but I do believe in it. And the thing is, is that you see, even your Quran says that Jesus heals. So why not? Why don't you give him the opportunity? You know, he loves you so much. He said, but I'm a Muslim. I said, I know. It's all right. Jesus loves you. He wants to heal you. This isn't about your religion. He just loves you as a person. He said, okay, you can pray. I said, thank you. I reached out, I took his hand, and I just began to pray. I'll never forget his initial response. The power of the Holy Spirit started to come on him, but the first thing that happened is tears started to break out. And, he, and I could feel the Holy Spirit falling on him. And he suddenly looks at me and says, what's this? What's this? I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not just putting on preacher's tone, you know. This was the way it was. He said, what's this? What, what's this love? What's this love? I've never felt love like this. I said, oh, that's Jesus. He says, he loves me. He like, yes, he loves you. He really loves you. And I said, but I've done so many terrible things. That's why he died. That's the word I know God's, but we don't believe that. And I say, no, I know you don't, but it's true. And he died for your sins and he rose again and he loves you, sir. Come on, why don't you receive him? 
And suddenly while he's sitting there with tears pouring down his cheeks, I said, now in the name of Jesus, I command this to go. And right in front of us, I gotta be, I think it's so important with miracles to be honest. You know, he was about 70% healed. The arm suddenly came out like this. The hand that was all like this suddenly went like that and came normal. But it wasn't totally. It was about 70% healed there and then. But the amazing thing is he gave his life to Christ. He turned to me and he said, he said, I cannot deny this. I renounce Islam. I want Jesus in my life. He gets gloriously born again. Well, then the result of that is then we, we say, come on. Uh, his, his wife is waiting over there where the cakes are. And uh, sorry, the cakes come up a lot in this story. But, you know, but she then, uh, she then calls over and says, you know, what's going on? What's going on? I, I say, come on, you better come and tell her. And he comes and says, I'm no longer a Muslim. I've asked Jesus into my life. I'm now a Christian. She says, what? The next thing we know, I'm sharing the gospel with her. She gets saved too. Well, that night she comes, he comes. The husband of the mother-in-law also comes. They bring all their relatives. 30 of them turn up in the local church that night and all 30 gave their lives to Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? What a saviour. I really need to wrap up and I just want to say this to you that when Jesus sent out the 70 later on, you know, the 70 weren't apostles. They were ordinary followers of Jesus. But he sent them out to heal the sick and to proclaim the kingdom of God is here. And he just said to them, you know, wherever they receive you, heal them. Isn't that beautiful? He didn't say where they repent, where they believe, where they forgive. Just where they receive the messenger, they receive what the messenger carries. And then as a result of that, then tell them about the kingdom. And so a lot of the time, this is kindness that then opens people up to repent, to believe, to confess Jesus' Lordship, and receive salvation. But the amazing thing is when they returned, they came back with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. We don't minister in our authority, we minister in the name of Jesus. And he has all authority in heaven and on earth. So this is the amazing thing. When they came back rejoicing over the miracles they saw, Jesus described his own disciples this way. He described them as lambs, little innocent lambs, and as spiritual babies. It's remarkable that Jesus used them so powerfully, despite the fact that they had relative immaturity as believers in Christ. I don't want to say this today. We don't qualify ourselves for miracles by how long we've been a Christian or by, you know, necessarily by how educated we are in the things of God, but that we're simply willing to trust our Heavenly Father's Word and step out in faith and trust Him. And He does remarkable things. Let me encourage you to grow in Christ, of course, and stay full of the Lord. But nonetheless, I want to encourage you, the moment you're a Christian and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are fully qualified to represent Him and to bring His healing, His freedom, His love, His good news, a forgiveness and eternal life to everyone everywhere. That's the simple truth. He said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. I want to close by just saying this in that wonderful passage that we just quoted earlier from Mark 16, where Jesus talks about the signs that follow believers. Before he gets to those signs, he also says this. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone, everywhere. There's good news for everyone here today. He says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. The very strong words, they draw a line, don't they? The world is not divided between 
communism and democracy and or those who are educated and those who are not. The world is actually divided by that, by the cross of Christ. Those who are on the side of life and those who are going to a lost eternity. I want to encourage us all today to make sure you're on the right side of the cross. As you put your faith in Jesus, He is the only Saviour, the only Lord. He loves you, gave His life for you as we sang so beautifully earlier. Look, I want to give you an opportunity to pray right now. We're all gonna pray. Maybe you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your Saviour. Maybe like that hip man in South Africa, you've not yet received forgiveness and you're not sure you're gonna make it to heaven. This is your moment. Today is the day of salvation. We don't know if we have tomorrow, but we do have now. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray. I invite us all to pray. We're gonna say it out loud. We need to confess Christ before people. And so as we pray this prayer, say the words after me right where you're sitting. Some of you need to pray a prayer to recommit your life to Christ. And others, let's pray this prayer to support them. We're all here because someone loved us enough years ago, perhaps, to share Jesus with us. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes in respect of God for a moment? And let's pray this prayer together out loud. Lord Jesus, I thank You that You love me, that You died for my sins and rose again from the dead. Lord, I believe it. I'm sorry for my sins. I turn away from them to follow You. Come into my heart. Save me, forgive me, make me a new person deep on the inside. I do confess that Jesus is Lord and I'm gonna love you and serve you as long as I live. Thank you for a new beginning, for a new life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Now guys, you can look up, but I want, there's something else we have to do and it's this. Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you don't confess me before people, neither will I confess you before the Father. We need to be personal in our confession of Christ and we need to be public. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna count down to three. And we'll get down to the number three. That's your signal to raise your hand right up high like this acknowledging before people that you are now going to follow Jesus, that you prayed that prayer and you meant it, maybe for a first time, maybe as a recommitment to Christ. Are we ready? Wanna to get to three, number three, just raise your hand high, wherever you are. Here we go. One, two, three, just raise it up right like that. Okay, many, many hands here, that's wonderful. God bless you guys. I'm gonna ask you to take another step. And this step is simply this. I'm gonna ask us all to stand to our feet, please. We can all stand to our feet in support of those who are now gonna take a next step. And I'm gonna ask you that if you raised your hand, can you please step out from where you are sitting or standing right now and make your way down to the front right here. I'd like to welcome you and pray for you as we welcome you into God's family. Would you please come quickly? Just come, God bless you as you come. Just come, make your way down. Just make your way, we'll wait for you. God bless you as you come. God bless you, keep coming. If you're in the middle of a row, please ask the people either side of you to make room for you. They'd be delighted to do so. Please come forward now. God bless you. Just God bless you, just come. Just come now. 
Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. God bless you. God bless you. Well done. Jesus is waiting for you. Just come right now. Just come right now. God bless you. That's wonderful. If you're not sure today, just make sure. If you're not sure that you're right with God, you're not sure you're gonna make it to heaven, just come, come to the Lord right now. Bless you. Is there anybody else who needs to come? Right at the beginning of this new year. And I do wanna say, by the way, it's not too late to come to Alpha, to get signed up. Please do, it's a fantastic tool, a wonderful introduction to knowing Jesus. But you know, it may be here too that, bless you, to keep coming, that's fantastic. It may be that even here this morning, maybe before we wrap up, and I, I think just my auntie went to be with Jesus just before Christmas. I'm so pleased she lived in South Africa and I'm so pleased that but on my last trip there in September, we popped in just for a quick lunch and I had the joy of leading her to Christ. I felt such an urgency and yet I had no way of knowing that only a short time later, she would be with the Lord. And so because of that, while Alpha courses are great, sometimes people may not make it to a course. So it's so important to put it in the now. So I am gonna ask, I know we don't normally do this, but I'm gonna ask, why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, are you sure you're forgiven? Are you sure you are gonna make it to heaven? If not, come with me down the front. I'm just gonna give a few more moments. And if you need to come, please come. In all honesty, if you can't ask the question, you probably need to be down there. <laughs> so anybody else who needs to come before I move over quickly. Guys, I'm, I'm gonna say in a few moments, for those of you come, who have come forward, I'm gonna ask you to go back through the tunnels here, but you come into the hall here. And, and if you go through this one over here, going out on your right-hand side, you will see some space there, that's specially prepared. And uh, there's gonna be a welcome pack and there's some lovely folks around you here who are gonna just take, some, take you over there and they're gonna pray with you and encourage you and help you, introduce you to the Lord. And so that will be wonderful. They'll give you some free goods as a gift from the church to help you in your new life with Jesus. But before we do that, I want to pray for those who need healing. Can you just raise a hand if you need healing from Jesus today all over this place? We're gonna have to do this quickly. Our time is gone, but I'm gonna ask you nonetheless just to put your hand on your body right where you are, right where you are. That promise about healing to those who lay hands on the sick and recover, that is a promise for all of us. And I want to encourage you, as we do all over the world, often in very large gospel campaigns, where it's impossible to lay hands on people, it's just too many. But the wonderful thing is this, Jesus is right where you are. Right where you are, right where you are. And He sees you putting your hand on your body in simple faith. Father, I thank You that all over this auditorium, You are here by Your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we look to You. You see every hand rested on, on their bodies. Father, in the Name of Jesus right now, let the power of Your Spirit come upon each one who is looking to You for a miracle. Right now, in the Name of Jesus, let deaf ears open, open now. Be opened in the Name of Jesus. Let those related conditions of tinnitus, other infections, 
be healed now in the name of Jesus Christ. We mentioned eyes earlier. Father, I pray let cataracts dissolve now in the name of Jesus. Let cataracts dissolve now. Let sight be restored. Let glycoma be healed in Jesus' Name. Father, as You showed me on the way in here today, those who have suffered from uh, various accidents have problems in their joints, some in their head, different parts of their body. Father God, I pray You said that You would heal us of our wounds. I pray right now, let healing flow into necks, into joints, into heads. In Jesus' Name, let that chronic headache be healed in Jesus' Name right now. Let the spine be healed. Let those joints come into alignment. In the Name of Jesus, let the trauma that has affected different ones be gone and be replaced with peace and wholeness. In Jesus' Name, that woman who was diagnosed just two months ago with, a, uh, uh, with cancer of the breast, with a tumour, I command it to dissolve in the Name of Jesus right now. Be healed in Jesus' Name right now. Father, a number of people, I see at least 10 with kind of a long COVID kind of issues. Be healed in the Name of Jesus Christ right now. Breathe your breath into their lungs, Lord. Father God, also those suffering with, Father, with heart conditions. There's a woman here who wakes up in the middle of the night with arrhythmia. Let that be totally healed in Jesus' Name. Father, we thank You for miracles. Those struggling in their joints too. Healing right now. Be healed in Jesus' Name. And that blood condition too. Be healed in the Name of Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank You that You're faithful to confirm Your Word. And we receive it now. We receive Your healing in Jesus' Name. Can we give Him praise and just thank Him by faith for it? Praise You, Lord. So two things to say, just quickly as Simon and the band lead us into a closing song of praise and worship. We're gonna have some ministry team down here at the front and those who perhaps need to want some personal prayer for healing, or maybe to be prayed to be set free from something, some addiction or some issue that was touched on earlier today. Or maybe you're not yet baptised in the Holy Spirit and you want to receive that power for yourself. Please come and receive ministry. Everybody who's come down the front, if you can turn around here and, and, and go to your left and to my right, just down the aisles here back there, the ministry team will take you. Guys, if you could just wave your hands so that they know where to go and follow them. God bless you as they go. Let's worship Him together. God bless you. Amen.